We are back, everybody, for another episode of Go Blue with Stu. I'm your host, Stuart Douglas, and today we got special guest, Austin Hatch. Austin, I really appreciate you coming on, man. Oh, thanks for having me, Stu. Really appreciate it. Great to be with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited to talk with you. Uh, you have a baby. You and your wife, Abby, got a baby coming up here. It was October, right? Yeah, yeah he'll be here. He'll be here in about, about seven weeks. Yeah, I saw the, uh, was it the sonogram? Am I, am I saying that correctly? Yeah, but, I think probably, probably my wife posted it on her Instagram. Yeah, and I think I put it, and I, I posted on my Twitter or, or whatever. Yeah, that baby's gonna be what seven foot tall. So, so we had an ultrasound last week, and the nurse basically said to my wife, "Honey, I, I don't know what else to say. He's huge." <laughs> <laughs> so he, um, so he's he's measuring in the hundred percentile of size, and so my wife was like, "Okay, so." Does that mean out, out of a hundred babies, he's the biggest? And, she, and the nurse is like, exactly. That's exactly so, it. Yeah. So, so, and we just got the, um, the projected weight. Yeah. I don't know. We don't know exactly how long he is, but, but he's going to be like 11 and a half pounds. <laughs> That's crazy. That's just big. wild. Yeah. You might be coaching a center one day, not, not a shooting guard. You're expecting well, 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 I hope he, um, I hope he gets, Everything from my wife, her good looks, her intelligence, her her, her only thing he he could get from me is my jump shot. The jumper. At one point, you like you you could too. I, at one point, I don't know about now. I can't really shoot anymore. But at one point, I could. <laughs> losing it slowly, losing it. Yeah, yeah, it's dwindling away. Yeah, that's because you're. How tall is your wife? She's six five. So she's six five. I'm six six. Um, and you know maybe he's he's six ten, six eleven, six eleven. I, I don't know, but yeah. But but I'm already, um, you know, I bumped into my wife a couple of times the last few days in passing. Just kind of bumped into her. She's like, "Hey, babe, I'm pregnant. Like, be careful." And I'm like, "I don't want him to come out soft. He's got to play through contact. <laughs> you got to teach him the grit. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. For sure. yeah, yeah. So it was funny, you know, looking into your story and you and your wife's story. And you guys met in college, obviously, in an arbor. She played volleyball, a really good volleyball player, and. You guys got engaged pretty quickly after you graduated and it's you know not very common anymore so i was curious because i just got married and went through the whole process mm-hmm. like when did you know because you knew pretty pretty soon and you've gone through a lot of different life experiences obviously to make up your mind pretty quick like yeah this is what i want in life like how did you know that you wanted to propose right out of college so uh, i actually actually so the the night of her student athlete graduation april 26 2017 mm-hmm. Um, no, April 28th, 2017, excuse me. So she had student after graduation in Chrysler, right? You probably remember. Um, yeah. And then after that, I kind of surprised her and said her volleyball coaches had to, had something to give her, like, you know, some award or something. And her family brought her over to the volleyball arena, and I was at midcourt with a ring, right? And did the whole, you know, you know, you know how it is. Do the whole thing. You know, I love you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you and whatever. <laughs> and, um. So, yeah, so that was after my junior year because she's a year older than me. Oh, that was a year so, after so her she, senior, yes. So, 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 yep. well, she, well, I, I missed a year of school, you know, with everything that happened that sent me back uh-huh. one year. Um, but yeah, so I, so I was engaged my whole, my whole senior year at Michigan, um, in her first year, her first year working. So, hey, man, when you know, you know. Yeah, when you know, you know. When you know, you know. And it's, um, you know, it's kind of like Coach B told me 
when we, he kind of found out we were starting to date and stuff. And, uh, and I think, I think there'd been a track record of basketball players with volleyball players that didn't, didn't always turn out great. <laughs> I think. Um, so. Yeah. Some might say that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so co- coach is kind of like, like, like not that he was like doubting it, but he was like, be careful. And, oh yeah. And then I don't know if you remember, if you remember him saying this when we are doing like help side, like shell drill or whatever in practice, you know, like, you got to be in position to be in position, right? Exactly. Yep. And then, and then, and then, and then he, and then like you would also say, she's not your girlfriend until she's your girlfriend. You know? <laughs> so I forgot about that one. I remember the be in position to be in position one. Yeah. That one's seared in my memory. Yeah. I forgot the girlfriend one. Yeah. Yeah. Him, him and Coach BA. Man, good times. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you didn't hear the end of it from BA. No, no. no. Yeah, you don't get it often. You know, not, not too many engaged college kids. Not, not maybe any Big Ten basketball players engaged while they're still in school. Yeah. All the time. No, but like, hey, but hey, hey, you know what I thought to myself, man? I was like, hey, if I don't, if I don't marry her, somebody else will. Hey, I respect the hell out of that. Exactly. Yeah. You gotta you gotta lock it down when you know you know. That is for sure. You know. It's kind of it's kind of like I, I don't know about how you committed to Michigan or how your whole recruitment deal went, but it's like Michigan was my first high major offer. And it's like, when you know, you know. It's like, yeah. No, I mean, I, I mean, like, this, a lot of these guys, you know, get all of these other offers and like, you know, see what's out there that, you know, they get Michigan, Michigan State, you know, Duke, North Carolina. I wasn't good enough to get all those, but it's like, if you, if you get, if you get what you want, why do you need to, to wait? You know, I completely understand. I was, I wanted other offers just so Michigan would offer me. I, I was like, yeah. Offer me, please. So, like, they you pressure Michigan, and I wanted to ask you about that. You, I didn't realize it was your first high major one, and I know your mom went there, and it was something you, a school you pinpointed early on. Mm-hmm. But you know, how were you so sure? What what was it about Michigan and Beeline that that you just honed in on real quick? Well, I think it was one the um, I mean, Michigan's been in my family for you know like both my my grandpas went to Michigan, my mom went to Michigan, my mm. dad did some research here before medical school, and so like and I we we had season tickets growing up, so I I, I came to Big House probably when the first time when I was like one year old, and um, it's been in my family for years, and um, obviously with a a man. A coach, not not only a coach, obviously Coach B is an incredible coach, but like just the kind of man he he was, you know, or he is, and yeah, um, and I think I think my dad was probably sold on him before I was, and <laughs> um, in a, in a good way, and um, yeah, I mean, and, and I don't think it's an accident that I you know I committed to, to Michigan, you know, with a coach like John Beeline before everything happened the second time, you know, yeah, and, I mean, I mean, it's just like. I don't know that like the whole like meant to be thing. Like, I don't think it's an accident that, that I committed to, to, to Michigan. Like, right. and, sure, and coach, coach even said, I just had dinner. We just had dinner with him on Friday. Um, up in Northern Michigan with him and his wife and a couple of their friends. Um, and I'm sure like, he's exact. I'm sure every coach would have done what we did, but I'm like, you know, you, you might think so, but like, I'm, you don't I don't know. know. You don't know. Yeah, it would have been very easy to give my scholarship to somebody else who could help, you know? Right. And yeah. So no, just, it'd be it'd be it'd be just as easy to be selfish in that position. And I was curious because you put I saw you posted that picture and 
uh, I was wondering what your relationship like is with Beeline and how you stayed in touch and mm-hmm. kind of how special it is to you throughout the process for everything. Yeah, I mean, he's he's like, so when I speak, you know, I talk about one of the things I talk about, the I and grit is integrity. And what I talk about is following through on our commitments, especially when there's a change in circumstance, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when we, we, we commit to doing something, commit something to ourselves or somebody else. And then something unexpected comes up and then, oh, okay, you know, I committed to you, this to you and things were good, but now that they're not, yeah, you know, I don't know that I'm going to follow through. That's what most people do. But, if, but I'm like, man, organizationally, if we can have every person on the team who makes it a priority to follow through and everything they commit to all the time, that can only help us win. Right. And if, and if everybody knows that, like the dependability factor, like if people know, if you and I are working on something and you ask me to help you with X, Y, or Z, and I say, sure, you know, happy to do it. If you don't have a doubt in your mind that I'm going to get it done, then I'm going to deliver on what I committed to. Doing Maybe doing that one time is no big deal, but if everybody buys into that idea, right? Yeah. And, like, and, and I'm just like, man, I mean, and it doesn't take any talent to follow through on your commitments, but it's harder though. I mean, it's, it's easy to, you know, make commitments when everything's good. You're in a good mood. Business yeah. is good. Family's good. Life's good. Whatever. And then, but then when they, when things changed, oh yeah, you know, I made that commitment when I was in a good mood, when business was good, when I was having a good week of clients or whatever. Yeah. You know, not, yeah. Now, now that things are, things are tough. I, yeah. Sorry about, sorry, but I'm not going to be able to deliver. That's the more common thing. Right. But I think if, man, if we, if everybody can just make it a priority to follow through and everything they say they're going to do all the time, it can only help us win. So it is, it's that. My, my dad taught me that early on where like showing up is 90% of success and mm-hmm. just being consistent. And what Beeline, what I really learned at Michigan was when you show up, the guy next to you feels more confident and then he shows up more and then that makes you more confident. And so like when that guy shows up next to you and you know that he's going to do his job and stay mm-hmm. consistent, that mm-hmm. helps you and vice versa. And then it just becomes this whole beautiful circle of consistency and showing up and, and, you know, it can get, it can get selfish real quick and you can start pointing fingers. We, I've had that a couple of years at Michigan. Uh, we turned things around my junior year, but in particular, it was like, all right, you got to take responsibility for yourself and you got to show up and commit and, and have integrity. And he preached that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I don't know, I, I wanted to get into some of the, the grit framework and where you picked it all up. And I guess it's a good place to kind of transition into that. When did you start really developing the fundamentals uh, of that framework? Yeah. So I, I think, um, as I kind of, you know, like on my journey, on my road to recovery, like, right. Like Angela Duckworth, my good friend from university of Pennsylvania, really smart lady, you know, Miss you pen is kind of Michigan of the East, if you will. <laughs> and, um, and, and she says that grit's passion and perseverance for the long-term vision, right? Like grit's being con- like, well, like we said, being consistent in our action, showing up every day consistently over the long term. That's great. That's very important. But on my recovery, it was more than just showing up, just being consistent. Like it was like I, I had like a, a coach beeline came to see me in the hospital in Chicago when I couldn't walk. I was in a, I was in a wheelchair. My legs are broken, but they've healed by this point because I was in a coma for two months. And and coach said, I can't wait to have you on my team someday, man. I can't wait to coach you. Whenever you're able to come to Michigan, I can't wait to coach you. So 
a lot of things had to happen to overcome that challenge, overcome that adversity and achieve my goal of getting there, getting to Michigan. But more than anything, I think it took some grit. It took some grit. It wasn't just hard work, though. I mean, yeah, hard work is, is there's no substitute for it, right? But I think it's, grit's more specific than that. It's more measurable, right? Like, like the, I, I don't know about in your, in your business, like with Farm Bureau, they probably don't just say, just work hard, make a lot of calls, have a lot of meetings. Good things will happen. They probably give you numbers to hit, right? Or or specific things to like like action actionable mm-hmm. steps to to follow, right? That yep. like will give you a good chance of being successful. And like the thing about it, grit, the framework that I talk about, you know, the growth mindset, the resilience, the integrity, team first mentality. We can get in more in detail in a minute. That's not going to guarantee that we overcome. But if we don't have those things, if we if we're lazy, if we feel sorry for ourselves, if we're if we're not committed. That's going to guarantee we don't achieve our goals in the face of challenges. So, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it. Yeah. And here's the thing for me that I've learned, too, is like like grit is kind of the standard I've set for myself. Right. Yep. Like I'm going to approach everything, work for something bigger than myself. You know, my faith and my family in heaven and my wife, Abby, and our, our little baby boy and son and hopefully our other kids. I'm gonna, like they're my purpose. And I'm all, I'm always going to be driven by that, right? And I'm gonna have, that's going to drive the growth mindset. You know, look for the opportunity to grow from even the challenges. You find it's like Coach B always said, right? Watch the film and get better from it, right? Yeah. Like every time, it's like you lose the game. Yeah. You know, nobody likes to lose, but if you can watch the film and get better from it, right? It's not really a, not really a negative. I mean, well, it is a negative on the surface, but if you can take positives from it, you know, why wouldn't you do that? And then if you decide to be resilient. Take massive action in the face of adversity. You got to go big, go big or go, or go home and go all in on that, on that road to recovery or overcoming the challenge or, or achieving the goal. Yep. And if you have the integrity we talked about and then the T, the T's, the team first mentality, if you have all those things, that's not going to guarantee that we overcome as I said, but it'll give us a pretty good chance. And that's kind of the standard I've set for myself, right? That's what I do. That's my standard. Your standard is different. Your other people listening to this have a different standard, but I think if we set a standard for ourselves, we'll 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 do what we can to follow up or to live up to that standard, mm-hmm. regardless, regardless of circumstance. So yeah, I wanted I do want to get into some of the details of these things, but you know, a lot of people know your story, but a lot of people don't know kind of this grit framework and what you're doing now in the last few years. Kind of give a quick synopsis of where you started, what you're doing right now and, and where you want to take this. Yeah. So my, you know, unfortunately my, I got the backstory first. So my, you know, I was tragically involved in two plane crashes growing up. The first in 2003, um, kind of lives in my mom, Julie, sister, Lindsay, my little brother, Ian, um, incomprehensible loss. Right. But my dad and I pressed on, find a way to keep moving forward in the midst of that. And, um, he was eventually remarried to a lovely woman named Kimberly, her three kids of her own great abundant family. Restore some normalcy in my life. Not the same, obviously, but, you know, great mm-hmm. to have him obviously at home again. And um, I was working pretty hard on my basketball skills. Again, to have success on the court. Got to be pretty good. Had to get a lot better. But I think Coach Beeline, you know, when he offered me on June 15, 2011, I think he saw potential in me, right? And I think that's a lot, a lot of what he does. He offers based on the potential that he sees. And not necessarily who we are at the time. Like, I know Karis LeVert was, not to say he was a nobody, but he wasn't, he was like, like who, who was Right. Yeah. Like, right. And then look at him now. And like even Trey, right. Trey wasn't really highly recruited. No, not at all. Yeah. And, and then, Ohio State yeah. didn't even offer him. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. And so, and so, I mean, like, and so like, but coach has a really good way of seeing potential. 
And so I think that's maybe that's what he saw in me. Who's to say how good I would have been? But um, so he offered me that scholarship and then um, I accepted. Then nine days later, the June 24th, 2011, I was we were involved in a second plane crash that claimed the life of my dad and my second mom. Um, almost killed me as well. Probably should have killed me. But um, put me in a coma for about two months, maybe maybe nine weeks. And um, by the grace of God, I came out of that coma and had a long road to recovery ahead of me. And I don't talk. So when I speak, I don't talk much about the events, right? The, the events right. are the, the events are tragic, challenging, you know, whatever. But the value that that I can provide people is in how we overcame it and the lessons I learned the hard way. And yeah, and so and my, and my hope is that in me sharing my story, it'll maybe give people a little bit of a different perspective and kind of think, hey, you know what? If this kid could do it, why can't I? Yeah. You know, everybody's everybody's facing challenges, and I really believe that. I really believe it's kind of my purpose in life to help others find ways to thrive in the midst of them. So, and you've been taking your story and explaining basically grit and, and explain again the acronym. And I, I'm curious of the details of when you, 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 I, I read something where you really enjoyed talking with people, talking in front of groups, well, even still in college. Did you know that's kind of what you wanted to do or maybe in the back of your head that like, this was a possibility? And then, you know, where where did this all develop? Yeah. So um, I spoke for the first time to a charity in Fort Wayne, Indiana, where, you know, where I'm from. Hmm. Um, called Aaron's House is the name of the charity. It's like a, it's a it's an organization that kind of helps, you know, grieving families and stuff. Kids that lose their parents early on. So unfortunately, I'm connected to that. I never went there, but um you know, obviously uh, near and dear to my heart, you know, given what I've been through and stuff. And um, first time there was April of 2016. Probably did terrible if I watched the film of that. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but I look at like, got, you know, got a, got a, got a, a you know, a nice um, reaction from it. And people were very, you know, very loved to hear what I had to say for mm. whatever reason. And um, that kind of started the ball like that, like from that. So from that point on, I was a saw I was I was the spring of my sophomore year. And then probably from then on till the end of my senior year. So for the next two years, I probably spoke maybe eight or ten more times, mm. give or take. Okay. Um and yeah, yeah, probably yeah, maybe maybe yeah, maybe six or eight is probably more co- close estimate. And you know, didn't know and then and then I interned in the corporate office at Domino's while I was in the summers while I was in, you know, between sophomore, junior, junior, senior year, and then accepted an offer to work there full time after I graduated. Um, when we was there a year and a half and I spoke a pretty good amount while I was there, um, used my vacation days to go speak and, and it worked. My boss there kind of understood, like, he's like, look, man, like if this is your calling, this is your greater purpose, like, you know, just go for it. Like, and you know, it's, and I, so I kind of made the decision that I left, I left Domino's in November of 2019. Mm. Friday before Thanksgiving of 2019. Um, had a good December, probably did probably three or four events before Christmas, and then pretty good January, good February. My last event was March 6th, 2020, in Austin, Texas, and to a big Ford like division of Ford Motor Company down there. I spoke to Ford, the court like in, in Michigan in Dearborn, like the corporate the world headquarters, spoke there. That was great. And then Spoke again, spoke to another another group in Texas. Like I said, um, March 6, 2020. That was my last in-person event for 16 months. 
<laughs> it's a long time. Yeah, because COVID, right? And yeah. it's like, you know, it's kind of hard when you're speaking to rooms of, you know, a couple hundred people and they say you can't gather more but 10 people in a room at a time. Yeah. That's kind of, that kind of poses a challenge for me. That's like, yeah, you, yeah, you, you can play basketball, but you're not allowed to go, you're not allowed to go like be five guys on the court at once. You can, you, you can play two on two, but you can't like, right. It's just like, yeah, it was, yeah. It was tough, but you know, found a way did, I did I've done about a hundred virtual events in the last couple of years. And um, wow. yeah, so we, we built the business and it's like, and, and kind of what I talk about also is like, I think we got like adapt, like you got to be adaptable. Right. And it's yeah. like, like, like for me, it's like when I, and so I talk about in the context of my story, I commit to Michigan, June 15, 2011. I think I'm going to have a, I'm pl- hoping to have a great career there. Um, and then my goal was to go to medical school after, after college. I probably wasn't, I wasn't good enough to play, play a pro or anything. Um, but then the second plane crash happened nine days later. It wasn't, it wasn't a roadblock. It, it wasn't, you, you're never going to get to Michigan. It was just, you got to kind of take a different path. Right. Right. Like, like in business now, it's like for me, it's, so it's like I had this thing going pretty good. And then March of 2020, COVID, like for all of us, we've all had to adapt we've all, and like, but you just, you find a way. And yeah, so it's, uh, it's been it's a pretty fitting thing to be. What do you say? Pretty fitting to throw that yeah. wrench in your, in your plans. Yeah. Yeah. But Hey, you know what? It's like, I mean, you just gotta, you just gotta, you just gotta adjust. It's like, it's like, right. It's like, it's like at Michigan, like Michigan state, Wisconsin, Ohio State, whoever I don't know, Louisville. You 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 played in the national championship game, right? No, it was a year after me. Uh, oh, okay, it was a year. Yeah, after just me. missed it. Yeah, okay. So I'm trying to think of who else. Um, so obviously you played all the Big Ten schools, mm-hmm. but right, but but the other team would would, would 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 always do things you don't expect, right? You like you, you scout for everything. You know, oh. coach behind is very prepared, right? Yeah. But then the other teams usually would do something we don't expect, right? Oh, oh, we didn't really see that in the, in, in the film. But but it's like, okay, you don't prepare for it, but you, you just find a way. Find a yep. way to guard, guard a different play or whatever. So, yeah. No, I I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm, I'm curious because you have really developed this in the last couple of years. I mean, 100 engagements since COVID started, it's, it's a lot. Um, where do you see this going? And, you know, are you getting back into the swing of things of in-person and, and how is that going with all that? No, it's great, man. Yeah. Nice to be back in person. And, um, yeah, I had my first, um, yeah, yeah I've been doing in-person stuff for about a, probably, I'm trying to think I, um, yeah, I'm trying to think when my when my first in person thing was. Um, when is it? It all seems that? like a blur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want 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 to say it was like, um, I think it was last May. I think it was May of twenty one in Florida because Florida doesn't really have COVID. COVID, <laughs> which, is, which is great, but um, but yeah, um, you know, it's nice to be getting back in person and um, well, well, you know what? It kind of kind of is compared to basketball. What what COVID kind of was. And what COVID did for my business, like, it was a little bit like the NBA bubble. Like, virtual stuff is like playing a game with no fans. Like, you yeah. know, like you, you get no engagement from the audience. Like, you're looking into the screen. Like, you, like, this is great. It's just you and me. But if I'm speaking to – if there if there's 500 people on the other side of this call, I don't see every single person. They all have – that. I'm like, I'm an individual on, on their screen. They see me, but I don't see them. Right. So it's like, 
I'm looking at a little black camera for, you know, 45 minutes. It's not, I mean, it, it's hopefully it's, you know, exciting and engaging, but it's not really, I mean, it's like, yeah. So yeah, it's nice to be back in person, man. And I think for, for like down the road, I'm going to do this as, as long. And I got, and I got to adapt and, you know, you know, add, add more things to it. It's like, you know, in, at Michigan, you, you know, throughout the season, you don't you don't run plays the exact same way you did in in November as you do in March, right? Right. And little things to them, and um, yeah. So you know, I'm getting, you know, we're doing great, and I just want to want to impact as many people as I can, one person at a time, and and I think there's a lot of runway left. Um, you know, I mean, so yeah, I've been doing this a couple of years, and who's to say I'm going to do this in another twenty? But, but, but if I have, you know, maybe I'll do this. I don't know if it'll be another five or 10 and then I got to, got to add something else to it. And maybe it's more of a coaching thing where I'm not only speaking, but it's like working with teams, like, like on a more consistent basis. I don't know. Right. It's like, I think, I think I'm always going to work for myself. Um, mm-hmm. And cause I think, I think, uh, I think it was, you know, Mark Cuban or something on Shark Tank. He said, they said something like, you know, once you work for yourself for any period of time, you can't really go back to work for anybody else. So hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to stay in business for a while. No, yeah, it seems like it. And it seems like one way or another, you'll just figure it out. Like you've developed sort of a framework where you can kind of deal with anything. You just like absorb your experience. You're like, all right, this is how I adjust to things. And then you kind of pick it apart and it's very cerebral. And I'm curious about your experience early on, you know, going through those college years and, and right after the, the second crash, you know, I, I, I got a quote here. It was right after you scored your point, um, your first and only point in the UM uniform. And the quote was, by the time my career comes to an end here, I don't want to be known as a cool story. Obviously what happened to me is kind of unique, but that's not who I am. Do you, how do you balance that where you, you use that, you use your story, but you don't make it the only thing that you are. Uh, because, you know, a lot of people do, you see Austin Hatch. Oh yeah. Look what he went through. That, the, the two plane crashes, but that's not who you are. And how do you balance that? Are you personally being like, you're not a victim. I'm not someone that, you know, it's just this happened to me. Like I'm gonna go and and make the most of it. Is it an everyday kind of conscious thing, or you've kind of built the framework now, and you've you're just hitting the highway, going full speed, and you you've now kind of conquered that end of it mentally. Yeah, well, I think it's um, I think the thing that I've kind of learned about you know what we all go through different things, right? But I think mm-hmm. if if we find ways to thrive in the midst of whatever challenge we go through. I think it'll give us an incredible opportunity to be a blessing to other people. Right. And not the, not the event, like people, like the way I can bless other people, the way I can add value is not resharing what happened to me. Like, like, like it doesn't have, like you're, you're going through stuff. Like, like, I don't know what it is, but it's like, we're all going through stuff. Mm-hmm. I help people. It's not really encouraging to say, Hey, you know what, man, sorry, you're going through this. Yeah. I went through this, you know, look at me. I know what you're going through. Like that, that's encouraging. Mm-hmm. But like, but, but I, I think more so it's like, look, you're going through this. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I, if there's anything I can do to help you, let me know. I've been through a, a few challenges myself and here's what I've learned. Maybe one thing that helped me could help you too. 
right? And so it's like, like, like basically the grid is like the acronym. It's like, it's just what I learned. And, and I was, so when I speak, I'm like, you know what? You don't have to take away much for me today. But if you, if, if one thing I say today will resonate with you, well, and will help you in your in your journey through life and overcoming the challenges you you face, you'll inevitably face. It's like I feel like I've done my job. You know, it's like and if I can add that, if I can, my goal is to add value to every single organization I'm, I'm, I get to work with, whether yeah. that's Northwestern Mutual, Pacific Life, Ford, Domino's, whoever it is, right? Just add value, add value, and I, and I feel blessed to be in a position to share some things from a unique perspective and. Yeah. Again, like I said, nothing share is is it's nothing earth shattering. It's something brand new that nobody's ever heard of before. But like, I maybe I just try to put it in a little bit of a different perspective. It's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, package it in a way that's ingestible and resonates. I'm curious about, you know, like you said, you know, it's you know, these big picture ideas aren't aren't brand new. I'm curious of Austin Hatch, the day-to-day, like what does Austin Hatch do day-to-day to overcome adversity? You know, how are you, how are you taking adversity in and dealing with that on a more uh, minute scale? Does that make sense? For sure. Grit, right? Growth yeah. mindset. Like, like if, if, I, if, I, if I, if I, if I, if I don't do well, like I've had some events in the past, you know, a few months where I didn't do as well as I wanted to. Okay, it's frustrating, right? Yeah. It's like you play a bad game, you prepared all week for it, but you didn't execute. You didn't yeah. run the right. It happens. Okay, I'm gonna grow from that. What do I need to work on? I need to talk slower. I need I need to make sure I stay on top of my points in my head. I need to I don't I need to not repeat myself, say the same thing multiple times. I don't need to do that as much, like right. And yeah. it's like like there's always opportunity to grow. And so I think I'm like, yeah, you know what? If I if I or, or like if I if I'm on a call, I've had some events that in the last you know few few months that I thought were like for sure bookings, and then they said, hey, you know what? We either are going to go, we're going to go another direction, or let's let's follow, let's revisit this next year. Mm-hmm. Okay, what could, what what could I have done to change that outcome? Right? Maybe it's maybe you know maybe it was them. Maybe they just are in a tough spot as a company as an organization. But like, what could I have done to change that outcome right it's like you lose a game most of the time you don't want to beat yourself right like i heard i heard i heard a coach i don't know i can't remember who it was maybe it was Davo sweeney clemson right he Mm -hmm. said you know he says don't lose to clemson yeah right michigan said or coach b said basically the same thing yeah like you know he's like like you know you you do the, the the passing like you you these guys are college athletes you don't need to practice bounce passes but but it's like I don't want to beat myself in obviously we all make mistakes, but like in the, in the business that I'm in now, there are things that I control. The number of people I call, the number of people I ask for referrals, right? It's like calling a lot of people asking for a lot of referrals is not going to guarantee that I win. Not going to guarantee business grows, but if I don't do those things, it's going to give a pretty good chance that, we don't do as well as we want to. And like, as a dad, if I'm not there for my son and I'm not supporting my wife, because I, what I've kind of learned is like, not to share too much marriage stuff and I'm only four years in, but but my, I have a cousin who's who's married and um, I just had a, had a baby girl in uh, December and her husband said, she, like his wife, and he said, he's like, bro, 
Abby will do the feeding. You'll do everything else. <laughs> right. And I'm like, okay, like, cool. Like that, that's what it takes. And it's like, that's not going to guarantee doing those things. It's not going to guarantee that it's easy. It's not going to be easy. Right. It's going to be tough, but I'm like, there are things that we can do that are going to drastically influence a positive outcome of any situation, whether it's as a dad with a newborn or whether it's in business, whether it's in, in sports, right? Like, like we were talking about, I think as we got cut off there, it's like you lose a game watching the film and getting better from it. It's not going to guarantee you that you don't lose for the same reasons in the future. But if you just don't make the decision, okay, we lost, whatever. You just push it to the back burner. Yeah then you probably will lose for the same reasons again. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it. I hear a lot of, I think acceptance personally, I think acceptance is a prerequisite for success in a lot of different areas. Like when you know that like loss is going to happen, then you're way ahead of the game and ready to prepare. You're more prepared to learn from it and overcome it. And you have especially had to deal with a lot of acceptance. Um, and I'm curious about you and your personal life, how you've learned to deal with that, how you've kind of incorporated acceptance and kind of like the ups and downs of acceptance, because you have gone through so much. Like what, what has that been like in your life? Yeah. Well, I think, um, yeah, it, it, it's acceptance. It's, it's an, acknowledgement of the current situation and i think it's a um it's an honest self-assessment of the current situation like for me most people like like on my road to recovery from the second plane crash you know when i was almost killed and i was in a wheelchair couldn't walk and i basically relearned how to live life again there weren't really people people that like sugar sugar coated it like the doctors didn't really tell me oh y'all you know what like things are going to be just that you're going to get back to better than you were before like like the people that didn't really sugarcoat it, which is good, a good thing. Like it was a tough situation. And like, for me, I think a big thing to live by, like when, when we're over, overcoming any challenge or, or, mm. or working to achieve any goal, you're trying to win a big 10 championship, right. Mm. Or whatever, like there's going to be challenges along the way. And I think to, to achieve those goals, and you might remember this coach B said this, um, choose the harder, right. Instead of the easier wrong. Right. Right. And I didn't know this at the time, what he was referring to, but there's a, there's a prayer, the cadet prayer at West Point. There's three lines that I think are like awesome ways to live life. And it, I'm not going to say if you live by these three things, you're going to achieve any goal, overcome any challenge, but right. you probably, I mean, you have a pretty good chance. So the three lines are Lord, encourage us in our endeavor to live above the common level of life, never to be content with a half truth and the whole can be one. Make us choose the harder right instead of the easier wrong. Right. And I'm just like, man, if we can pray, whoever you pray to, like pray for encouragement to be able to live, live in an, in an uncommon way, live above the common level of life, because it's not common to overcome challenges. It's not. Yeah. There's a lot more, there's a lot more people in the world who, who say, yeah, I'm working to achieve this, but then this happened. So I didn't achieve my goal. There's a lot more of those stories than there are people. I was, we were working to achieve this. We were trending up. Things were good. This happened. We adapted and we still find a way. That's that that's uncommon to have that sort. So I think that that's the live above the common level of life. Second line, never to be content with a half truth and the whole can be one. And this kind of goes back to the acknowledgement thing you were talking about. The half truth is this is going to be the reason I don't achieve my goal. I'm not going to overcome this. Or 
or we're going to lose this game or our, our business this, this quarter, this year. Yeah. We're going to, we're, yeah, we're going to be 10% down year over year, but like, that's a half truth. Like, like maybe, right. Like you might not achieve your goal. You might lose. You might have a tough event. You, you like, but you also, you can find a way to get the job done. Right. Like, like, you know, there were some, probably some games where you were, I mean, I don't know if there were games when you guys won. I'm sure there were when you were outmatched on the, on the, on the, on the, the stat sheet on the, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have won. Like most people wrote Michigan off and said, yeah, Michigan's not going to win this game. Like maybe not, but you also could, the whole truth can be, we're going to find a way to pull off an upset. Right. Yeah. And then the last line, last thing I'll say then, um, make us choose the harder right instead of the easier wrong. I'm like, man, if, if, if there were people in the world, if everybody chose the harder right, it's easier for me to say this. I, and I don't always do this. So I'm not trying to act like I'm, you know, preaching from a, you know, a, you know, whatever. But yeah, if there were more people in the world that, that chose the harder right instead of the easier wrong, I think it'd be, we'd be in a different place. So and I think more people would achieve their goals and there'd be more, a lot more people that overcame challenges too. So no, I completely agree. I completely agree. It's uh, it is very uncommon, and especially it's like you said, it's even hard. You can know these things at all times, and they can be in the back of your head. And but to enact them at all times is a whole different story. And you gotta. It's so hard, even even if you know it, it's so hard. It's yeah. like right, like it's like at Michigan, like you pretty much know the know the plays to run, you right? Know the offense, but it's still hard to execute because the other because life throws different challenges at us. The other teams maybe they go. They throw a one-two-two zone at us. They, how do you run the rocket pistol against that? Or, or, or right? Right. Like, you know, there's, um, yeah, there's always there's always things that make it make it harder. But I think that's just like learning how to win in, in a different way is like that's just an opportunity. Because like if if you like learning how to win in, in a different way will, will only be advantageous advantageous to you in the future, right? Because it's like. We're gonna run this this play to that's how we're gonna win. Yep. But like the world, like through COVID, okay, we had to win virtually. We've had, I mean, like I think the world's been pretty resilient through COVID, right? You know, fortunately, the technology we've had with Zoom and everything else, and like this, we wouldn't have. Done, I don't know, we would have been, had this podcast ten years ago. Right. Wasn't really a thing. Maybe Skype was starting to be a thing. I don't know. But yeah, I think learning to win in a different way. Is a is only a positive. And last thing I'll say back to your um, the first point you made about acknowledgement. It's like if you if you acknowledge where you currently are in any situation, you see where you want to go. I think you just got to find a way to get there, right? It's like you're you're five, you're you're six you're eight years old, ten years old. You want to play for Michigan, okay? You got to start working your tail off to get there, right? Yeah, you're, you're coming out of a coma. You're in a wheelchair. You can't walk, but you want to get to Michigan. Okay. You see where you are. You see where you want to go. You just got to find a way to get there. And like going and then to bring it all back, like, like I said, you know, finding that way to get there though, that's going to involve choosing the harder right instead of the easier wrong. And not, not necessarily the right or the wrong, but just choosing, choosing the harder path. I think, I think achieving anything worthwhile is more times than not going to be the harder path of rather than the easier one. So, Oh yeah. hundred percent. I've in throughout my basketball career had like parents asked me, you know, and kids I've worked out with before in Indy, 
um, and help train. And they'd ask me, okay, how is my son going to, how can he make it to get a D1 scholarship? And my first thing, and it's always my main point, is you have to ask him what he wants. Like, what it, you have to be very honest. When I'm talking to kids, like, you have to be very honest with what you want. Like, do you actually want a D1 scholarship? Okay, well, you can't spend an hour in the gym three days of the week and like messing around, throwing up half quarters. Like, that's just, you have to be honest about what kind of work you're putting in and what you're going to get out of it. For sure. And for parents as well, it's like, I know your son really doesn't like basketball. Like, he's, he really doesn't want to play in college and the, the amount the most of parents that ask me that those kids never end up playing and it's like you got to have real honest conversations about what you want and then really accept like what that work is going to be like and it's not going to be pretty it's not going to be fun i played nine years overseas and there was like oh it's probably amazing you doing what you love and it's like it's a job like there's so many parts of it that you don't want to do every single day and you have to do it but if you do it and you stay consistent, then you'll, you know, you'll see a little bit of success and the more consistent you are. And then there's obviously skill that comes into play there, mm -hmm. um, different talent levels, but it is, it's a real acceptance of, of things that we don't like. And, you know, eventually you can kind of turn those into things that you do like, but it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole process. So I'm curious now that I'm thinking about it, like, you have to have these conversations with yourself every day. And, you know, I'll skip days where I don't have these conversations in my head and I don't do well. And I'll, you know, go a few days. I'm like, all right, you got to get back on track to her. So with your everyday life, you know, my wife, sometimes she doesn't really appreciate all the, there's a lot of talking that I like to do a lot of uh, poetic, um, you know, kind of just talking about life. So I'm curious about you and your personal life where like, you know, your friends and family and, and Abby, they're like, all right, Austin, like, can I just relax for like two seconds? Are you having those conversations or do you, have you found that balance in your personal life? Yeah. You know, it's, so it's funny you mentioned that because so I'm, you know, I like, right. I, that, we, we, we've gone through the whole grit thing that I talk about, right. Like that's kind of like my mantra, like grit. That, mm -hmm. That's like, that's like my thing. And like, so my wife, so our baby um, is measuring in the hundredth percentile of size already. And he's, He's going to be like 11 and a half pounds they're predicting. So he's going to be a big one. And, 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 and my wife's like, like, she's joked i'm gonna i'm gonna be in the delivery room like this is just like just like grit honey persevere grow the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but it, you know it, it's like at a certain point though it's like i do i do like to talk about you know like the the personal development stuff like that's why i love that I, like anything personal development related i'm like all for it but it's like you know at a certain point it's you kind of got to put the put the work aside and just be i don't know but but it's kind of hard though because it's, it's like it's like playing basketball it's like oh, yeah like 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 i don't know if like you play an open gym or anything but it's like it's kind of hard to turn it off like because because you your whole life you've been all in like in michigan and then i'm sure overseas too you only play to win like can't really just go out there and just like mess around like yeah even me now i kind of have a hard time doing that like i can't play the way i used to not even close because yeah. but it's but still it's like, frustrating so frustrating when people don't take themselves seriously, you know? So it's funny you say that my wife, it's, I just point out what's wrong because like that was what college was, right? You watch film and you just point out what's wrong. Mm -hmm. So when I watch basketball, I can't help. And just like for a metaphor, I can't help but point out all the mistakes that are going on in the basketball game. They're mm -hmm. like, you know, somebody has like an amazing dunk. I'm like, Oh yeah, he should have been in help side defense. He, he missed the whole rotation. It was completely oh, his fault. Sure. And gave up that dime. I mean, the dunk was amazing, but really it was a defensive mistake. And I, like, I think it exhausts 
my wife Chelsea a little bit sometimes and I had to like pull back on it where I'm like just like pointing out mistakes all the time I'm like yeah this could always be done better but yeah it's funny you find that balance sometimes you just have to exist and live mm-hmm. and just feel and then you can come back to it but it's a it is a funny balance to find and you're really in the thick of it because it is your business journey right now mm-hmm. um, so it's interesting I'll be interested to hear what you have to say you know a few years down the road and having the kid and going through more years of marriage uh you'll be you'll be constantly changing uh, but i think you have the right mindset for it so it'll be kind of fun to see you grow and add on to it I, what what do you what do you plan on adding on to whatever you added on to in the last year what are you kind of learning through everything um from where you established the grit framework to where you are now yeah i think i think the biggest thing i haven't really like change much about the 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 grip framework but i've just just the delivery of it has gotten smoother mm-hmm. and it's like i know i keep going back to like you know this this michigan stuff but like <laughs> right like, like but but like the like you know the 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 rocket pistol high road or, or whatever like <laughs> that, that that if you remember right yeah like, all the terminology like, yeah you can't keep sure. up but yeah, but but like that doesn't change much from from November to March. Doesn't change right year or year over year. Doesn't change much. I mean, it's yeah. like the same. But it's just the execution of it gets better as guys get older, get to be upperclassmen, right? I'm sure for you, like you you ran those the offense better as a senior than you did it in your freshman year, right? right. It's the same offense, but you just run it better because you just know it. And it's like for me, the way I kind of look at it, like I think I'm kind of in like for the sake of argument i'm kind of in like my maybe like my junior year of this okay so you're getting comfortable like i'm getting comfortable i can still get better yeah but i have i have i have i've done a couple hundred events have some good experience have you know and and it's like not to say that like if you just just rep it out you're going to be great because it's obviously a lot more than just reps it's you know accurate repetition and you know everything else but it's like yep I think there's no substitute for that. I mean, just the experience you get from it and knowing how to be on stage and interact with the audience a little bit. And yeah, it's just a, it's a thing. Yeah. I, I, I try every time I speak, I try to, and this, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. I try to get a little bit better every single time. Yeah. No, I, it's, that's <laughs> it's all you like can every, do, right? Control the, it's like every game. It's like yeah. you hope you're, you're going to grow in some way from every game you play. You hope. Yep. Yep. And, Exactly. Oh. Control the controllables. That's what's been sticking out when you've been talking. That's one of the beeline things that I've always, uh, it's been ingrained in my head. What, what's one thing that's surprised you with the receptiveness? Um, you had a lot of great testimony th- that I've read, but in terms of like, when you go to talk to audiences and, you know, not you when not the management, not the execs that you're dealing with, but the, you know, the more the employees that you're, you're talking to, what's kind of a, Maybe something that surprised you that they've taken in um, or absorbed. Yeah. Yeah. The nice thing is, is like, I think when people hear my story, it makes them, I don't want to say more willing to open up, but it's mm. like, I try to be vulnerable. Right. Sure. Yeah. Like, and like, just like, Hey guys, here, here, here's the situation. Here's my story. Here's what happened. Here's how I overcame it. I'm not, just telling you the fun parts. I'm not telling you the exciting days when I learned to walk again or the day when I made a three-pointer in hype when I, my, my first came back in three years. I'm not telling you the one free throw that I made in Michigan, although I was one of three from the, from the line. <laughs> so that's the highlight. But, but it's like, I'm just, I just try to like give the whole situation and like, Hey, here's the thing. Here's what was, here's what was tough. Here's what sucked. 
about it. Obviously, a lot of it, there are a lot of parts of it, the loss, the pain, the, but it's like people like, but like people after, after I speak, they're like, they, they, they are not everybody, but usually every, like every event, at least, you know, five or six people will come up to me and like share something personal, but like you wouldn't, mm. you wouldn't, that you wouldn't ask about if right. you didn't know. Like, but, but, but it's just like, yeah, like I said, like, I think when you, when, when we're vulnerable and we like are transparent, I think it makes other people want to be that way too. And it's like, like, and I don't know how this, like, you know, could apply to your business or, 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 or how it applies to other businesses, but it's like, if we can, as, as salespeople or, cause we're all in sales in some way for yep. me, I'm selling myself every single day. It's what I do. Right. It's like, so I got to sell myself, but if we, if we go through things and we experience challenges and we share those with other, with other people on our team, maybe, and it's like, Hey, Hey man, here's, I, I was going through this. Here's a challenge that I faced and here's how we overcame it. It took a while, but here's what, you know, how we overcame. Maybe this will help you if you ever face a similar challenge. Right. Yeah. And like, I, I think, I think people appreciate the the vulnerability, like, because everybody like, especially with like, you know, Instagram and all this social media, like, it's a highlight reel. You only see the best parts of people. And like, like whereas, like, whereas like the news at night, you get all the all the bad stuff. Like, you never turn off the news and you're like, hey, babe, I feel really good about America right now. Right? <laughs> yeah, not often. Not lately. No, no, but 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 it's like on Instagram, oh, look what this person did. Oh, wow. They were in they were in Rome. They were looking at look where they, they were in Lake Tahoe. They were or whatever. But it's like, so you see all these highlight reels. And I but I think people appreciate when we're willing to share like, you know, the actual realities of life and the, and the actual struggles that we go through. Cause I think that, um, yeah. And, and I think from a, from a team standpoint, I think that's the way that we can kind of like build some trust too. Right. Yeah. Like, like cause if people are, are sharing the good stuff, but also the bad stuff, it's like, okay, you know, they're not, they're not, if, you, if you don't hide, if they're not hiding anything, then maybe that might be think that I don't need to hide anything either. It's you a, know? it's interesting, a facade that we put up for other people and even sometimes for people in our own lives that we love still and when that comes down how connected you can feel how comfortable and it comes back to that all right the guy next to me the woman next to me i can now i can trust now a little more so now it's easier to do my job so then it makes it easier to do her job so yeah there's a lot of different elements to trust um in that way yeah and vulnerability like breaking down those walls i think is is a, is a huge part of that and you know it's not always necessary team i wasn't best friends with every single person on my successful teams but no. uh that's a that's a big part of it especially i think in the workforce where you can get a little more of that human interaction that personal interaction so it's interesting how that your vulnerability by simply just explaining your story um helps people in, in that sense and then you know start from there you got to start from somewhere yeah 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 and it's i mean you know, i'm kind of reminded of like it's like, I remember, you know, seeing, you know, some of the, the highlights of you and Novak and you guys playing, you know, like, I remember like, you know, like I think I saw like the, there was a game at Michigan state when you guys were up there and beat them. Um, there, there's something, I don't know if somebody got a technical back game or something or somebody like there was something, or, or maybe you, maybe they were like, like top five in the country or something. You guys would, should, weren't supposed to win that game, but you, like we talked about, you guys find a way to win. Or right. Something, right. And, and, or it's like, when you see, guys bring the enthusiasm or, or they sacrifice their body to, to take a charge or dive on the floor for loose or, or whatever it is. It's like, you see them doing that. 
maybe I like it may kind of makes you want to like like step your game up a little bit, right? And I'm like, yep. I like life. If you see people overcoming their challenges, okay, he, he put the work in to, to do that. I can do it too, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. No, and then it builds momentum. Builds momentum. Mm-hmm. I got some um, quick hitters before it gets you out of here. I did want you to kind of explain a little bit about what you're doing. You, you've spoken in front of more than 150 corporate audiences, more than 200 media appearances. I think it's 15,000 people you've reached. You know, where where are you taking this? Where can people find your message? Um, and, and what's next for you? Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're in the, like I said, kind of in the maybe, maybe you could say maybe in the junior, starting junior year. Um, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it's the fall of junior year, preseason conditioning of, of junior year, right? <laughs> And, um, but yeah, you know, I'm just grateful for any and all opportunities to share my story and message and add value. And yeah, so I'm, uh, you know, like I said, you know, I've done you know, a couple hundred events and it's been great. Um, want to keep going big. My dad always said, Oz, whatever you do, man, go bigger or go home. So go bigger, go home. And I'm just trying to go big at everything I do and trying to build this as big as I can. And, um, yeah, you know, so, you know, my, e- my email is Austin at Austin hyphen hatch.com. And if you're listening, if anybody's listening to this, you know, feel free to send me a note, reach out. If there's anything that I can do to serve or add value to your team or your business or school or organization in, in any way, would love to. Um, would love, would honor and grateful for an opportunity. My my website's www.austin-hatch.com. Um, more info about my story and message on there. Um, you can also get in touch with me that way. You know, reach out via the website, submit an inquiry, things like that, and um, I'll follow up with you. You know, within an hour. Um, and yeah, so I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be a blessing to other people. And yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully we get, get many more. I think, uh, so, so my goal, my goal, so I did 82 events last year, pretty much all, uh, I'm going to say, uh, about 65 virtual 17 in person last year. Um, this year we've done 40, I think 40, no. Yeah, forty-eight in person. Wow. Um. So the goal, the goal, my goal is is to get to a hundred, and probably going to be a little bit short of that. But um, if I can, yeah. So I'm just just trying, like I said, you know, I'm just trying to go big or go home, right? Like, yep. I can, if I can set a, set a lofty goal, you know, one of the worst. I think um, I've heard it said one of the worst things you can do for yourself is set your goals too low and achieve them, right? Yep. And you know, it's like. Like I remember, our Michigan we wanted to go undefeated at home, five hundred on the road. That was usually like a thing we'd say most years, right? Yeah. You didn't say, eh, want to go, want to go fifteen and four, fifteen and three at home. Give we're going like no, like like so, like you're probably not gonna maybe maybe go undefeated at home some years, but um, yeah, I think just going trying trying to set set that lofty goal, go big, and everything you do, I think gives you gives you a pretty good chance to succeed. So yeah, definitely love it. Yeah, so uh, just a couple quick hitters, few quick hitters, maybe not super quick. Some of them are a little more uh, answerable, especially with your situation. Um, but number one, I ask everybody this, and it's been pretty unanimous: Skeeps or Ricks? Depends on the stage of life you're in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can answer it. What, what, I, think, I think I think I think I think I think Skeeps when you're a freshman or sophomore. Oh wow. I think Rick's junior, senior. Interesting. I, I think, okay. I think, 
I didn't go to either that much because my wife and I started dating fresh my freshman year, so like yeah, I didn't go out that much. But I think right. I think I think Ricks is a step up. It's a little a little a little classier, if you will. <laughs> Skeeps resents that. Skeeps resents that a lot. <laughs> okay, second to last that, one. You know what? It's just it's the target audience, right? It's fair. It's like like you can't say that everybody is is your is your target audience. You no. gotta get narrow it down. Yeah. Like I mean, Michigan's got thirty thousand undergrad. Are you targeting the the fifteen? underclassmen or the, or the 15 number like, I, don't, I don't know yeah no it all depends well i'll tell you what you said classy but i a couple of times i went to rick's soaking wet floor i think my shoes were ruined basically because it like <laughs> rained and it just comes in and i was like you know what i'm done yeah <laughs> i still love both um but it was a good answer you just split it right down the middle you're the first one to answer like that mm-hmm. okay second to last one and you had a unique situation here when you your last game and maybe I don't know if you knew it was the last time you're going to put the jersey on, so maybe yours is a little more retrospective. You know, how did how did that feel, knowing that was that last game or the moment that you knew that you had played your last game? Yeah, so I um, I mean I I, I was on like you know like a like a like a I, I I was on the roster freshman year and I was able to play and like I said I scored the one point. Um, but I couldn't really play. I mean, I, I, I like we were up on a team by, you know, 20 with 30 seconds to go. Coach would put me in just like to give me that experience. It's really cool. I'm very grateful for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not like I really like after my accident, I, ne- I never really got to play at least not, not at a high level. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was like, I mean, and like the throughout is, is like, so I was on a medical scholarship, medical hardship scholarship, junior, mm-hmm. uh, sophomore, junior, senior year. And, you know, I'm just – and I think about, like, you know, the – the um, after we played in the National Championship game against Villanova um, in San Antonio my senior year, you know, I was in a suit and, suit and tie on the bench and stuff, and I was just – I was just gr- – I was so grateful for, like, the Michigan family. And just, like, like, I even, like, you know, like all the seniors, just, you know, said a few words or whatever, you know, about their experience and how, you know, grateful they were for the brother. And I was just like, man – like you look at all this stuff that I bent that I went through and everything like that. And the fact that Michigan was, Michigan was a constant for me. Yeah. Like with all the change that happened and all the loss that happened, like Michigan was Michigan. Coach Bion was coach Bion. I'm sure he would have coached me differently if I was able to play, but like he gave me a role and like, right. And so, and he had, he had high expectations, obviously not the, like he didn't coach me the same way he coached Mo and Franz and Karis and people like that. But it's like, right. Like he still has high standards, you know. He still held me to a held me accountable to fill my role. Like, yep. Right. Yep. Yeah, I'm just just so grateful, so grateful for him, and yeah, man, changed my life forever. So yeah, well, that's awesome. Okay, last last question. Sorry, and... I wasn't a quick hitter. <laughs> no, no, it's good. That's exactly what I wanted. Um, last question, and it's a little different because you were so introspective with your journey, and you learned a lot, and you dealt with a lot. And usually I ask kind of what's the one thing that you take away from your time at Michigan that still resonates with you today? And you can answer that. But I didn't know if maybe there was some aha moments during your, you know, during your years in college, your medical hardship years. Was there certain times or um, maybe just one year it clicked mentally for you where you're like, okay, I kind of understand how I'm going to deal with all of this now. Um, or, you know, you can answer the original question is like, what's one thing that you, you took from Michigan that you learned that you still, 
carry with you to this day? Yeah, I think uh, probably the big, probably the big thing for me is um, every person on every team has a role, and the role is very important. Mm-hmm. Not we don't have the same role, obviously, but every role matters, right? And and I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying that you know my role was the same as Karis or yours or Duncan's or you know Spikes or Mo or or whoever. Not the same role, but every person on the team has a role, like we all do. And I think we owe it to the team to make the effort to to be a success by Coach John Wooden standards, right? UCLA, you know, like best coach in college basketball history, you could argue him and Coach mm-hmm. K and Coach B and all the other whatever. Coach Wooden said, success is peace of mind, which comes only from knowing you made the effort to become the best which you're capable. Like, peace of mind knowing you made the effort, right? And I'm like, man, if we can all just make the effort to be the best we could be, we're not all going to be the the stars of the team. But if everybody can make the effort to be the best they can be at their role all the time, how is the team not going to win? And and it's like, yeah, I just think – for the, think about it like for the good of the team. Whatever, like what, whatever I could do to add value to Michigan, I couldn't play, right? But if if what I could do to add value was help unload the luggage on from the, on the road trip from the plane to the bus, mm-hmm. right? Like if that's what I could do to add value, it's what I could do. Yeah, I can encourage my teammates if I could call out like help side, like 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 a kind of shout deep a defensive coverage or whatever from the bench like whatever it is right if I could just add value to the team in some way i think that's probably the biggest thing that i learned so no it's a huge huge life lesson i think i can take that question we can make a whole other podcast episode it's like what's 10 things that you learned we yeah. can do a whole, whole episode of that we might have to down the road no, austin i really appreciate you doing this this was amazing i could have talked to you for another hour um best of luck with everything everybody check them out and message him if you want to reach out to him. I really appreciate you, man. This was great. And hopefully we'll have you back on to talk some more. No, for sure, man. Yeah, let's uh, let's follow up in here after I have, a, have 10 months as a dad. I'm sure I'll have a different perspective on things, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I can't wait. I got to pick your brain because I'm starting that process. So we'll see no, how it goes. I'll, sure, I'll definitely sure. be asking questions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Not, you know what? I don't, well, you know who you could ask is Novak. He's oh, got yeah. To- He's got number, two now, right? Number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, Like, just, like, last week or, like, recently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, last few days. He was like, yeah, I'm done. I said, okay, well, <laughs> I'm going to be throwing questions at you constantly, see how it goes. So, yeah, that's yeah. funny. I got a lot of resources around me, which is good. No, for sure, man, for sure. Well, hey, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Look forward to staying in touch, for sure. Sounds good. Thank you, man.